what's been going on? Because we, we agreed earlier that we are not going to prepare for today. Yeah. So I thought I would inquire as to what's going on with your audience. What, uh, what exciting stuff has your audience had in their lives? What challenges are they facing? What are they working toward, on, with, through? Well, obviously, I can't speak for everyone, but I think that the general feeling at the moment is still one of a little bit of apprehension um, towards lockdown and lockdown living um, and uncertainty towards the future because we're seeing a lot of countries going back into lockdown. Um, I'm getting a lot of DMs asking if we are because there have been rumors and WhatsApp that's been circling. Um, and I, I think that we're all just... This year has been a long year, Jason B. Like, we are done. And there are two months left. So, I don't know. Like, I've been trying to say to everyone, let's make the last two months the best. But how if you don't really know what's happening? You know? I don't know. Well, let me make it worse for you because uh, you say two months. But if we work until the day before the public holiday in December, we've got 40 days of work left. That's it. Just over a month. So two months until the end of the year, 40 days of work. So what's wow. so strange about this is that in theory, it should have been a long year. And it has, you know, like emotionally, it's been a long year for most people around the world. But if you look at the fact that this all started more than eight months ago, doesn't it feel like it was the other day? We've, although it's been an emotional and taxing year, and we would think that it would feel like it's gone on forever, on the other hand, it almost feels like we've just flown through it. Here we are from end of March to beginning of November. We are headed toward the end of the year. Yes. We've been through this thing, at least the height of it. Well, as we know it. <laughs> you have got me stuck on the fact that there are only 40 days left and all of the stuff that I was planning to do and accomplish and you know, all of the goals that I'd set for myself for this year. I mean, I've done some of them, but I haven't done many of them. And to hear that there are only 40 days left... I'm a little bit disappointed in myself. Did you see my second last cartoon where the two men were sitting in the business lounge and the one says, my five-year goal is, did you see this? I don't think so. So the client says, my five-year goal is, and then the coach says, let's make it two years. So all this is done is bring your goal forward. You started off with thinking you had two months left to achieve everything you want to achieve. Well, you've got 40 <laughs> days. Let's do it. Let's do it. Do what you wanted to do in 60 days and go on holiday. Wow. Okay, Jason. I mean, <laughs> there was a lot on that list, but I think I'm going to have to reevaluate some of it. Can I pick up on another word you used just now when you were talking about your audience feedback and DMs? Is uncertainty. There's still so much talk about uncertainty. I would like to challenge that, though, because I don't necessarily think that we are uncertain anymore. When we went into lockdown, we were uncertain. When we were in heavy lockdown, levels five to three, probably the most, we were uncertain. We didn't know uh, when we were coming out of it or going to the next level. We didn't know where to get alcohol. Well, many <laughs> people found out where. <laughs> there was a lot of uncertainty. We didn't know about business, about jobs. We didn't know anything. Schools, kids, relationships. However, although there are unknowns now, I believe we do have certainty even over the unknown because we have a better understanding of what this thing is, this virus that caused everything. We have a better understanding of how governments uh, and authorities around the world are reacting to it. We see Europe 
going back into heavy lockdown in some countries. And even though we don't know what's ahead of us here, because, uh, and we can challenge, I mean, I would challenge the language, you know, we're seeing some alleged increases in cases, but we could go into another lockdown. Now, whether we do or we don't, it doesn't really matter. We have certainty that there's a possibility. So I would prefer to say there are some unknowns, but we have certainty. And if we were to go into another lockdown, whatever level it might be, we know what that's going to look like and we can prepare for it mm. in some ways. Obviously, if you're on a 70% salary cut right now and you go, we go into another lockdown, you can't really totally prepare for what you're going to do, but at least you have some idea of what's coming. Yeah. No, valid points. I think once again, like we always end up on we always circle back to you it's a shift in perspective right you have to look at it differently that and the the necessity for optimism because positivity will only get you so far but you have to have an absolute and resolute belief that there's light at the end of the tunnel sometimes we just don't know how long that tunnel is but we really have to believe because if we give up halfway through the tunnel it could be around the next corner that the light is there and we miss out on that (laughs) What if it's not, Jason? What if the elections in America go really badly and the whole world ends? (laughs) Well, what's really bad? You know, it's Trump or Biden. Um, What's what's really bad? I I think I'm happier being here right now than in the US. Oh, no, agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Or in some European countries. You like what? I like what you said, though, about the necessity of optimism. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I like that idea. I was speaking about this a lot at the beginning of lockdown because we had our foundation ripped out from under us. All the structure and routine that we ever had that kept us afloat in our personal and professional lives was just stripped within a few days. Lockdown was announced. We went into lockdown. Everyone stayed home. And the familiarity or the familiar was taken away from us. Yeah. So people were divided into groups. We had the positives, which were kind of like, this will end, we'll be fine, we'll be good, just keep going, keep, which is great. Uh, and they were all showing up, or a lot of them were showing up in social media and posting positivity, but there's an energy related to positivity which can run out. It doesn't always run out, but it can run out. So positivity alone won't necessarily get you all the way. And then we had the negative people who are just dragging everyone else down. And even if you've got a group of 10 and there's one negative person in that group, the negativity and the negative energy that that person emanates has the power, unfortunately, to drag down the group. Mm. So what we saw were people making decisions around the people that they hang with, whether it be family, colleagues, friends. And it was necessary because in order for one to move forward in their own lives, again, both professionally and personally, they had to be very selective about the people that they hung with. Yeah. And then there were the optimists, which were very often uh, individuals of many kinds, but also entrepreneurs and not just business owners, but specifically entrepreneurs. Because if anyone pivoted to do what they needed to do, it was the, those with the entrepreneurial mindset. And the goals never changed or should never have changed. It's just the strategy that needed to change. So those that were optimistic about again, pursuing the light at the end of this tunnel were those that kept their eye on the target. They kept their eye on the goal. They pursued that goal. The strategy that they shifted into 
may have just been different to the original strategy in order to get there. And that was very, very important because very few people and businesses would have been able to continue to strive for those goals and those targets and those accomplishments, which without having shifted strategy. Wow. You're really wise. I th- we haven't spoken in long enough for me to have forgotten how wise you are. <laughs> the, also, the impact was yeah, lasting. The impact that you have, no, the impact that you have though, when we haven't been in touch and then I obviously have also probably leaned into the less optimistic way of thinking and thought patterns. And then just to hear you reiterate these things and remind me that it's so important to be optimistic um, and cautiously optimistic if, if that's, if you know, that's also fine. But well, I-, I don't think you need to label it with a prefix. I think you just have to be optimistic. And what I said about the company that you keep is so important. Yeah. I've had to literally walk away from conversations Wow. because the conversation would go down a road that didn't serve me. Yeah. If I continued to partake in that conversation, it would have elicited emotion and that emotion would have been negative, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that may have been. And I literally had to excuse myself, turn around and walk away. Where if it was on a Zoom call, it would have been like, you know, guys, I'm done. I'm going. Whatever and however, I, I had to leave. I had to make decisions to not spend time with people that left me feeling negative. Because if I had that feeling, I would go about my day in that way, with clients, with people in my building, with family, with whoever else I was with, and around the work that I did. Mm-hmm. I can't show up negative in anything I do because it won't allow me to move forward as an individual. So I had to make decisions. Fortunately, in my business and with the people I work with, mostly being entrepreneurs, business owners, people with drive, people that strive for success. Mm-hmm. I was around professionally the company that I needed to be around to adopt the mindset that I needed to adopt. So the company I kept, my clients that I work with, they, they held me. The energy that they had about them, their positive attitude and their optimistic approach held me where I needed to be. So maybe you don't have, uh, you general, not you, Danny, but one (laughs) in their life doesn't have those people all around them, but then you need to go find those people. You have to find those people and forcibly keep that company so that you can rise mm-hmm. and go in the direction you need to go. This is so important because I think we forget that while we're curating our Facebook feed and our Twitter and our Instagram and the news that we consume um, and the news channels we watch and the movies, we should definitely be curating our energy because you're right. If I think back to last year, I mean, during lockdown, obviously, like you said, you had to make the choices of, of who you were going to hang out with, right? And who you were going to see. And I definitely made some very big decisions to remove people from my life. Um, and some of them just removed themselves. But if I look at the energy that I was holding last year this time to the energy that I have now this year, it is definitely influenced quite a lot by the people that are around you. So what if we go into a second wave, whatever that means, you know, a resurgence, another spike. Ultimately, for me, a second wave is not about the virus. It's about the lockdown because that affects the economy and it affects social society. So, you know, that's my question to people now. I had a client leave the building this morning and we had been done with our session. But on the way out, I said to her, when you have your next team meeting, she's got a partner in the business and they have these weekly meetings. I said, on Thursday, when you have your meeting, Just ask your partner the question, what if we get locked down again? 
because you need to be ready for this. Mm. Talking about certainty, you know, there's certainty around what that will be like, what the lockdown will be like, but how are you as directors of the business going to respond to that lockdown should it come again? Yeah. And that doesn't only apply to her, her partner and her business, it applies to all of us. Should it come again, have we learned from what's happened in the last eight months? We haven't really had time to regather ourselves and for some save money as a buffer in an emergency fund to weather the storm. Yeah. But from an emotional and a mental point of view, how are we going to weather the storm if it comes again? And we have to think about this now. You know, my personal opinion is, is that I don't think we're going to experience another lockdown. But if we do, are we ready for it? And how are we going to handle it? I think I definitely learned but I also think that as soon as we hit level one, all that I'd learned was kind of put on a back burner because life started again. <laughs> it's like any conference, right? You go yeah. for the weekend, you learn yeah. so much, you get motivated and inspired, and then you go back to the office on Monday and it's like 7,000 emails that you have to respond to. <laughs> and that's... that's- that's life, right? So you're a life coach and a business coach and an executive coach. So how do we take what we've learned at this conference called lockdown and the pandemic and put it into practice every day? I mean, surely you have tools that we can steal from you. Well, that's exactly the space that I work in. I have this conversation all the time. You have so much learning, but what are you going to do with it? You have all these tools and skills, but how are you going to implement them into your life so that they can carry and serve you and have you show up how you need to or want to show up so that you can create the life you want? And yes, there are tools. And you know, my simple advice in this regard is get a coach because the coach will work with you to bridge that gap between your learning and your implementation. It's not just about the doing, it's about the being. So you have to work on yourself. You have to build the capacity. Uh, you, you have to create the version of yourself that you want to be, that you need to be, so that you uh, are able to do what you want to do. It results in confidence and self-esteem and everything that you ultimately strive for, including happiness. Uh, I think I've just gone a lot bigger than the initial question over here. But you know, ultimately, that's what it's for. I do talk about... Uh, the end goals versus the interim goals. So when you want something, I would ask the question, so that, and then you'd come up with another answer and I'd say, so that, so that, so that, so that, to see where we want to get to. And it's that ultimate goal that you have to keep your eye on because that's what you're continuously working toward. So when you are faced with something, you have to have taken your learnings and the motivation and the inspiration and everything that you acquired along the way from the weekend workshop or whatever it may be. And you have to include them uh, in, in your life in a number of ways. So very simply, the, I suppose the, the easiest and quickest one to explain to you that I work with as a tool, uh, as a coach that uses the tool is building practices. And a practice is a habit. So it's the combination of creating new habits that work for you, but also destroying old habits that don't work for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, During this time, these eight months, lockdown and everything that people have been experiencing, uh, they experienced a combination of the two where they had habits that they've had forever that have supported them and helped them to survive. But they've also had habits that drag them down. They've also Mm -hmm. created habits that drag them down even further, like uh, sleep bad sleeping habits or whatever it is. So, It's as simple as anything we learned in school. Take it, practice it, 
and then it'll be embedded. So whatever you learn as a human being to grow and develop yourself, you need to practice and practice and practice and practice it. And that could be mental, emotional, or physical. It feels like a lot of work to change your life. (laughs) (laughs) It's not necessarily a lot of work. It's the decision to do the work, and then it's the consistent effort of doing it. It doesn't mean that you have to go and commit to a laptop for four hours a day. It means that for five minutes a day, you need to do this thing. Mm. That could be what a practice is. It could be a decision that you're going to go to bed at 10 o'clock in the morning and wake up at six, sorry, 10 o'clock at night and wake up at six o'clock in the morning. That's a decision because maybe you were, and I think I used this example on a previous podcast, you were watching Netflix till two, two o'clock in the morning. Mm. So the decision to go to bed at 10 and wake up at six can absolutely support you getting eight hours of sleep. You've, you're waking up refreshed and you can go about your day with confidence and awakeness. That's True. what a practice is. I suppose like the, it will only be difficult and hard work, um, quote unquote, initially, because at some point you're going to get used to it and then it's just going to become your daily practice. Yeah, so the practice gets embedded and then it's part of your foundation. How do we hold ourselves accountable? Some can hold themselves accountable. Some need other people. So uh, writing things down is one thing, putting reminders. Um, you could even program your mind that when you see something, you've got to do something else. So like when you open your car door, uh, well, here's a great example. You know, you want to embed the practice of wearing a mask. So when you leave your car, you put a mask on, and when you get into your car, you take it off. Mm. That's a practice you, you want to take on. So... Uh, writing them down, using a diary, uh, things like that work, leaving little reminders along the way, the sequence of events in your own brain. So when I do this, then I do this. Or if I do this, then I mustn't do this or I should do this. Mm. So it's getting into the habit of sequential actions. But it's also very valuable to get someone else to hold you accountable. So you can enroll anyone in your life. It could be your spouse. It could even be your child. It could be a friend, a colleague. But generally someone that you engage with repeatedly. And if you are challenging yourself to build a new practice and embed the habits, you could enroll them to ask you how it's going to check in with you every day. You may even commit to sending them a WhatsApp at a certain time every single day saying, I've done this. And that in itself is a practice, which is brilliant because that, that practice has you practice commitments. I really like that WhatsApp idea. I think I'm definitely going to borrow that from you. Cool. Why? Uh, how do you need to hold yourself accountable? Well, Come on, to- tell us, tell us. I just need to what? hold myself accountable. Like, no, to just what? Like, so who thing. are you going to message what to every day? So I, um, much like everyone else, decided that I was going to use lockdown to get fit and healthy. And I did for the most part um, until about three months ago when it all the wheels just came off and I haven't really been into my gym more than once a week or twice a week in the last couple of months so I wanted to get back in but every week I kind of once or twice it and then I'm out and then whatever okay Um, now so can I play with this yeah of course Okay, cool. So what's the objective? And you don't have to give details like measurements and weight, but I mean, in your own space and time, you should, but overall, what's the objective? To get healthy. You want to get healthy. Okay. So uh, I would spend some time with you defining what healthy means and having it measurable. So you got to put some uh, qualitative and quantitative answers to that. 
You've got to attach those. Okay. So if your objective is to get healthy, then what are you going to do to get healthy? I'm going to work out five days a week and I'm going to tell my husband via WhatsApp. Okay. I'm going to hold on, hold on. So I just want to pause there. So your commitment to getting healthy is to work out five days a week. Yes. All right. Now I would spend time drilling down into that a lot more, like which five days, what time with who, if anyone, are you going to get a personal trainer? What time, it, uh, when are you going to get get ready? What time are you going to leave? What are you going to wear? Oh, wow. uh, what food? Okay, so because you got to make it real because just saying I want to get fit and healthy and I'm going to work out five days a week is not enough for you to actually envisage this and pursue it to the depth and accuracy that you need to in order to reach the goal. So we're not going to do that now, but you get it. All right, mm-hmm. so I heard you're going to speak to Phil. So your commitment is... Uh, to hold is to hold yourself accountable by enrolling Phil, your husband. How? Uh, by reporting that I've worked out, like by checking in, worked out today. Cool. So you're just going to send him a, a message to go done, like one hour, uh, heavy aerobic activity, average heart rate, 115 well, like over the period of an hour. Screen, I can send him a screenshot of my Garmin. That tells me. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Brilliant. And you'll commit to prerequisites like that. Okay. So here's the next thing. And if you don't. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I'm a grown up, so no one's going to punish me. Well, it's not punishment, but you could play, you could play a fun game around it. So, who does the cooking? I think we share it. So I think it's fifty-fifty. Okay, great. So, if you don't, maybe for the next week, you do all the cooking. See what uh, I mean? You could play a game with it. it like this. <laughs> it doesn't hurt anyone. It doesn't hurt anyone. It's it's not it's not going to uh, knock you off the tracks too much. Uh, but you would like to continue sharing the cooking because you get half a week off, right? Yeah. So if you don't do what you say you're going to do, he's going to just give you a little, a little wink and a grin and he's going to go, you're doing all the cooking for the next week. So you can, ha- you can have a lot of fun with it. It doesn't have to get serious. I like this idea. I really do like this idea. I think I might change the cooking for picking up the dog poos. Because that job I absolutely <laughs> hates, and uh, it's kind of like become Phil's job. And I know that he would love to have a break. So if I choose, or if I don't, if I'm not accountable, or if I don't do it, then obviously he gets a break. I think that's great because my example was very light, and you've made it a little bit more serious, and you've offered something you don't, you want to do less than cooking. Yeah. So you'll probably hold yourself to the commitment. So wow. well done. Okay, so there's a very simple example of it. If we were working together, of course, I would drop into the detail more and I would have you, uh, I would have you envisage it. I would have you commit to every aspect of it. Um, and then I would like to the load so that when you actually do it, it's not that complicated. You just got to do it. Yeah, but that's, that's true of everything. You just have to do it. Hmm. Hmm. The starting blocks, the starting blocks are difficult. Some people uh, even struggle to get to the starting blocks. Uh, But then once you're at the starting blocks, uh, (laughs) you're waiting for that gun to go off and you want to go, but it's hard to go. And that's that conference risk again. I call it conference risk, the difference of time between learning something and doing something. I also describe it as the difference between knowing what to do and doing what you know, Hmm. is you need a little push. Uh, It could be necessity or it could be support. It could be uh, the work of a manager. 
It could be the support of a mentor or a coach. But just to get you from knowing what it is you have to do to the actual actions that you need to take does always require a bit of a nudge and some effort. Okay. But I do think though you've broken it down really nicely. And I think it's this little exercise that we've done. I think a lot of people are going to find this really helpful, especially if you sit down with a piece of paper and you question yourself, like you're like Jason Burnick and you go, this is what I want. And then you go, and so, and then you write that down and then you go, and so, and then you write that down. So that, so the, the question you asked there is so that, because you want to get to the so end goal. Okay. It's the means goal versus the end goal. So I want to be, I want, I want more money. So that, and you just keep going. And it usually ends up at something very different. Ah, it's weird though. Like to think about it, you, you know, life coaches have jobs and business coaches have jobs because we all self-sabotage. Yeah, we totally get in our own way. We are all in our own way. All of us. Yes. I had such an amazing experience with a client this morning because uh, she's having an emotional situation with someone she knows. And she was describing it. And I thought we were going to go. I thought she was going to take me to that person and try to, in inverted commas, fix that person because my client is reacting emotionally to how that other person is showing up. Mm. And when I asked her what she wants to do with this, her response was, I want to learn to be less sensitive and I want to man up or get tougher. That's how she said it, man up and get tougher. And I was so impressed with her for doing that. And we've been working together for a long time, but I was so impressed because she didn't look outward and try to fix. She looked inward and tried to build capacity so that when things happen, to her, or at least she perceives things to be happening to her by people or things in the bigger world, she learns to deal with them better, whether it's the act of considering them to be water off a duck's back or absorbing them, letting them come in, flow out, and then dealing with it, but ultimately giving herself choice. When something happens, she can take a moment, pause, take a deep breath, look at it, and wonder whether she's going to respond and how she's going to respond and when she'll respond or whether she'll just leave it because sometimes things ignored will go away. That's my email inbox strategy. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do that. Oh, it drives me insane. My inbox has to be neat and clean and empty all the time. (laughs) That's because you have dogs all around you. So something has to be neat and clean. This is so true, Jason, nailing it. (laughs) so i have an idea i have an idea for the next time we speak because you were talking about us getting in front of ourselves getting in our own way Mm -hmm. i've got such a great exercise but it's going to take quite some time to explain it okay uh so maybe we'll save this for another podcast but it's really about looking at what you want and then identifying the excuses that we come up with to get in our way of what we want Mm -hmm. and then going back And then destroying those excuses and then going back to what we want and coming up with a number of ways of pursuing that thing. It's such a powerful exercise. Okay, done. Deal. Let's do this. Cool. Until next time.